Hey, this is Pastor Joaquin G. Molina from Spring of Life Fellowship, and I want to welcome you to our podcast. I hope you're encouraged with this message and you stay the course to change the world. God bless you. Good morning. I don't know. I still, I still love it. I love the things that he shares with you. They're out of his heart and they're real. And as far as I see, he's living every bit of it. And the encouragement, I, I was this morning, and maybe even this week, the past week, I've been thinking a lot about the privilege God has given me for a minute now. Since I've been down here, I've probably had more time to meditate on the realities of God than I've probably had in the last 40 years. Yes! And uh, while I was doing this, I... I ran across one of my pamphlets or newsletters that I did back in the past. And in that, it also had my schedule. And I said, wow. I was all over the place. And even up to the time of coming here, I'm still going back and forth to Germany. Staying over there, I can see myself now, uh-oh, get touched hard about it. But laying in a Holiday Inn room, and those rooms in those hotels in Frankfurt or in Germany, things are smaller. And uh, so I saw myself laying, praying, crying up to God for Germany to reconcile with the Syrian refugees. Now, here I am, a black man, and all the nonsense going on with black people in America. I'm over there praying for Germany and refugees in Germany. Because my assignment has nothing to do with my race. My, my assignment has to do with what God determined to do in my life for the sake of others. And like I heard somebody say just recently, that wow, we are really challenged post-COVID or now some of them are saying that, you know, things are changing. And um, it wasn't, the fear of it wasn't COVID that's brought the change it's fear that brought the change COVID is just a vehicle but it's fear and the church itself as the light that shines is the visible hope for the world to know what to do in trial if we don't show the world how to handle the challenges of life where are they going to get it from You've been handpicked by God to be alive in a time where the world is reeling right now. And one of the disappointments to me um, about the leadership, and because I'm going to ask you to turn um, in a passage over in uh, 2 Timothy, but, but the leadership. If the leadership of the church is running and hiding in their homes while a disease, which, which we to this day don't know where it came from, but Christians and leaders do because the devil is the author of all evil. But if you try to fight it just with science, which obviously wasn't science because they've gotten it wrong. They're still talking the, the nonsense that they're talking 
And, but this is what gets me. Christians are listening as though their salvation is what media people say and what doctors say who are political. I saw an interview with Ted Turner, just, just a little excerpt from him. And he makes this statement one year ago to CNN people. That, that's his network. He, he, he founded it. He built it. TBS, some of you know, some of the other younger people don't really realize this is behind Ted Turner. Stuff bought out by Warner, and now probably they've been bought out by another um, internet company. So I don't know who owns it now. But here was the point he said. He says, look, I'm asking all of you news people, stop talking politics. Talk news. That's what he said to him. In other words, report the news. Don't report what's going on in politics. They not only were talking politics, they swayed politics. And so look what happened. So two of the most famous people on that program is gone now. He and his brother in New York, and he as a newscaster there for CNN. But beyond that, just recently, the president of that, of CNN, was just fired. And, but again, you have to understand that if a, if a godly person doesn't interpret what is happening spiritually, and if you're not getting your information primarily from God, then you think that this is just happening, that this guy was just um, having sex with uh, somebody that works for him in that organization, and that's why he was fired. Well, no. He's the leader of all the disinformation that's been put out globally through CNN News. But here's the point I want to tell you. You think God is neutral about wickedness and evil? Now, here's what probably many Christian men, even like me, would be afraid to say, is that's a judgment from God. But being fired from a company isn't even a serious judgment. Getting a job? That, that's serious? Money? That's, that you think that's serious? No, there are millions of people who died that didn't have a chance to hear the truth. So here's what I realize about what I'm going to say to you here for now and the next service and, and even Monday night and Wednesday night and all. This is what I've realized during all of this is like what the bishop just said about him speaking uh, out and doing things large. This is the, he quoted out of Genesis 13. All that your eyes can see, I've given you. Look at the stars. Count them if you can. And I made a statement the last time I was here. It was, how can you do things in a large way if little has you? In other words, if, if you're thinking small, you're clearly not thinking from an impetus that comes from God. That Now, let me just say something. I mean, I'm, I guarantee you I'll be, have to stand before God for this statement I'm going to make to you. But do you think that if God is the author of all life, if he brought you into this world and then saved you, you think that your life is not in incredibly important? And to, to say you're born again, born from God, and that you're in, your habitation is heaven? Where you're going to rule? He already declared us we rule and reign with him now. 
But you also, and I've been talking to you for now eight months about ruling in the next world. And this whole life is a tried life for the next world. The body, I said it to you, is not worthy of you. The real you is a spiritual being that never dies. But this body gets sick, it gets tired, it gets worn, his eyesight is an issue, hearing is an issue, gray hair. I, the picture I saw on there, the young boy that did the video, I said, wow, man, um, I am old, but I really looked old on that one. But the truth of the matter is, I don't care. Lifespan is a God issue, but what I would hate to do is to die without being transformed into a place where I qualify where God wants to use me in the next world. And the Holy Spirit is sent here to help me to be godly. Uh, and then next, I want to do what God's assigned me to do. Now, here's why it's important for you to find out what God wants for you. is because sometimes ungodly people are reigning and ruling in places that you should be. Now, I, I was thinking this morning about, I've been to Yonggi Cho's church there in Seoul, Korea, and I, he was, if you know, it was the world's largest church at one time. And the second largest newspaper in Korea, South Korea, was criticizing Yordo, the church, his church. The church was doing incredible work for God and for people. But this is what happened. When that church, when, those, when the criticism came by that newspaper and prevailed like how some newspapers criticized the former president. They just, there would never be anything in it that was favorable. Everything about that person was just all negative, as though anybody is all negative, that they do nothing right. That's, that's nonsense. Of course they do some things right. But here's what happened in Korea. The Christians bought the newspaper. Did you hear me? I'm not, I'm not kidding. So the number two newspaper in Korea criticized a church that was doing for God. You know what you did? God, I said, God, just go ahead and give me the money. So they bought the newspaper. And now they report the news the right way. I'm saying with you right now, why shouldn't you be president of Warner? You just think about it for a minute. God says, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. You never know. This young man, as he got up here and he was talking just a minute ago, you look at the way the stature, the way he carries himself. Look at the compassion of his wife's heart. Crying because she gets to serve. Now, in the economy of God, they are serving not out of mandatory requirement, but out of the decision of humility and serving. God says, let them that be greatest among you, let them serve. See, there will be no prideful, self-exalting people ruling in the next world because the prerequisite is not having gone to Harvard or Yale or Oxford or any of those good schools. You are being qualified right now for the place in heaven you're going to be put and you're going to have a responsibility. So if you've got a responsibility in the earth, and he says it in the Lord's Prayer like this, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth, as it is in heaven. He's saying, I am trying you. I get a chance to see if I put you over, and I've said this, it seems to be way out, except to young people. And that's why I'm going to target a lot of young people. You should get this. But 
He says, you're going to rule in the next world, but you give God the indicator of what the world would be like by how you're handling this world. So if you right now run from the news of COVID and the fact I heard about more people dying of COVID from Christians, this bishop died, this pastor died, this person got it. Well, well, didn't God do anything also during that same time? Wasn't God moving? Did you know of anybody to get healed during that time? Is there anybody that got promoted? Did God get somebody to buy a company? Is, was there any, like Charles Finney, went into a company with 3,000 employees, and in one week, the whole company was converted to Jesus. One man of God converted a whole secular company to God. You tell me you don't have a seed of that awesomeness in you? You're saying that it's just because he was Charles Finney? Well, what's your name? Where did you come from? Now, the grace of God on you is that you have a pastor like this. I don't know. It seems like for me, I celebrate it more than you do. I mean, you, you should be shouting down. I don't care if he gets up and talks. He could have taken the whole time. I mean, I'm privileged to be here. I'm blessed. I'm th I thank God for you. But, but one of the things I was going to uh, in, uh, earlier in this talk was I, I've got the chance to lay before God. I can't tell you how many hours this week I've laid before God and spent time in the Word. I, I'm, not, I'm at that place now where, you know, I, I need some more hours with somebody. I got, I'm loaded. I'm going to ask you to turn to Job 38. And I'm actually going to do something that this pastor does for you. This, and he reads a lot. He, he reads you a lot of scripture. So I'm actually going to ask you to look at Job 38, chapter 38, all the way to chapter 42. Because... What Job experienced in his person is what the church is experiencing personally right now. It's the same type of situation because you don't know what's going on. Job didn't know what was going on. And the, and the so-called doctors and science people, media people, our leadership people, they, they don't have a clue. And then we've been, we've been stood down by another country where the word is out that this particular dis-ease came from that, a, a, a chemical lab there, but they won't let us go in there to even get the test. The world is being affected, and they won't let us, with our academic confidence, go in and try to find out the source so the world can be healed. Do you understand there are people who still, countries led by grown people, Educated people. You think education is the solution? Man, revelation is the gym. It's, it's whether or not God and you are real in this exchange. How could a Russia be thinking about invading in this time in history? Invading another country with the world looking, moving your troops over there? How could another northern North Korean country trying out nuclear war, war defying the United States and everybody else in the world. We're going to get nuclear energy. These are countries that are proven oppressors. These are educated people with power. 
Now, you know, I don't think big is numbers. Because Jesus only sent out 12 disciples. Only He appeared to 12. Told them to evangelize the world. So let me bottom line it all the way out to you. When he, went to the, when he came to those 12, there's only 11 there because of Judas. By that time, later on, of course, it was Matthias that was chosen. But watch. But he said, go evangelize the whole world. I never did that. I'm going to do that. How am I going to evangelize the whole world, go into all the world and preach the gospel and make disciples of nations? You mean you want me? I've gone to some villages and I've gone to some towns with you, Jesus. But now you're going to leave me. And yet I got to do this by myself to whole nations. That's exactly what I said. Because I'm not doing it on your ability. I'm doing it on your potential. If you yield to me, there's no ceiling to what could happen through your life. Now, if you get practical with me for a minute, because that's what's happening with me this week. I've just been practical in a lot of ways. And uh, somebody's running everything. I, I saw, I, I listened to some of these, I, I listened to BBC News. In my opinion, this is a, not the scripture on this, but BBC News, those reporters are not these cute little dainty women, you know, that try to wear the nice dresses so they attract men. Some of them are older people. Some of them are older men, gray-haired men, gray-haired women sitting there. They're neat, but they're not trying to be sexy. They're reporting the news. You can find out what's going on globally by listening to BBC News. I'm shocked. I said, look at this. They're telling me what's going on here so I can make my own decision about what really is happening. But this actually is what's happening. Well, I would say that um, even though I would say that Pat Robertson and his news team, you may or may not know this, but again, I said I, I, I would consider myself fairly close to Pat. But he has a news correspondent news. He doesn't get his news from AP, UPI, or, you know, Google News. He has his own staff of people out worldwide right now. CBN News, they're reporting the news from being there in those places worldwide. I think a church could actually do that. Send people out on the front lines. They are the church. They're, they're universal. They're not connected geographically. Pat has a church now in the middle of that university. But that's not the point. He's not saying it from the church. Jesus told these disciples, go change nations. And he didn't command them to do anything. He didn't empower them to do. So I've thought about even here. And uh, your bishop got a chance to meet some of my bishops. And I realized what somebody said to me back some while ago he said to you bishop god god using promise keepers and some of the other places you've been both as a blessing and a curse and the blessing he said that you were able to expand where you speak at to a, a broader group of people i mean i I've, I've been a lot of countries uh through having done promise keepers i mentioned chick-fil-a i i know stuart kathy and dan and bubba I'm on TV right now. I could go there right now. I know when they first started teaching biblical worldview. Actually, they were like kids to me because they were just getting going. 
My daughter was in a nation in South Africa. They invited her there to be at their biblical worldview uh, group that was there. While they didn't understand, the girl had already gone on 40, com three, four complete 40-day fast and was in South Africa because she wanted to change the nation. She created an educational system for blacks and colors because those people were under an apartheid mentality. She said, I, I, can, Daddy, I can do something about that. Let me go over there. I said, exactly. So what I haven't convinced her about yet, though, is she's not married still. She's back now in America. And what I said, I don't know if she's listening or not, but if you're not open to marry anybody in the country God sent you to, then that's what you got. In other words, she, she was married to the purpose of God. And while she was over there, she wasn't looking for a husband. She was looking for thy maker is thy husband. She was doing the will of God. But her mentality was such that blacks and coloreds, up until apartheid was ended, you, all education in South Africa is paid education. They, those people were like the slaves before emancipation. Before 1860, they were 99% illiterate. That's what you had with blacks and colors in South Africa. She said, Dad, I can change that. She left this country to go over there. But look, who do you think you are that you can go over there and change those people like that? Somebody that's been captured by God. Yeah, she had a master's in in education from the UVA, a full scholarship. I didn't have to, I think I paid $1,000. She got her education uh, and got that master's in five years, not because it shouldn't have taken longer, but by the time she got to school, she was already uh, finished the freshman year, and toward her second year, she's, you know, Latin State, National Honor Society, Girl State, debate team, created a newspaper for UVA. She's a killer. You're killers. You're killers like that. The devil is no match for you, but you've been tricked by him. You're sitting in here and have to be talked to about how to volunteer for a church 2,000 years after Jesus had been praying on the right hand of God the Father. How could you buy into the American dream and not buy into commission? The dream of God is for you to take over the world to the glory of God. Why would you sit there? Who's going to come to the pastor? I mean, Madeira and where's my other person that's from Mexico, been to Mexico back, and uh, they have works. But why wouldn't you go to nations now? Why aren't you sent there? Are you to what? Why wouldn't you be sent somewhere? Is, is your life just about just here locally? You can't change the world just by doing it on the internet. You can't even disciple from the internet. Jesus discipled from people touching his life. Those disciples, he touched those disciples. You got to expect that if he's going to touch you, you're going to be going sent somewhere. You're not just come somewhere, you're going to be sent somewhere because there's an ability in you that could potentially change a nation. You may have the word that Putin would say, the first real American I ever met was when I met you. And from that began to change his nation. Who's to say that the ability of God is not in you to change nations? You only have to reach one person. That's the person of influence for the nation. You're influenced by somebody. I bet if I ask you about college, you got somebody in college that influenced you. 
you really respected that man or that woman. You liked their, what a great mind. But what you really liked is they cared for your future. That's what I see in him every time he talks. He cares about your future. Where? In God. And he talks against the American kind of affirmation things. Because that stuff doesn't work. There is nobody you're listening to on the news that's not wealthy. They already have what America has to offer, and look how empty they are. It's obvious to me. Now, where, where the Lord really dealt with me is, I'm not all that I, that I think I am. That's, what, that's where it is. I mean, so when you read Job 38, which I'm going to go ahead now and get into this. He said I had an hour, so I took a half hour on the introduction. And I want, you to, I want you to feel me. I want to again thank you for inviting me here for this length of time. I found God in ways that um, I didn't know I needed. I mean, I, I've been on more 40-day fast than I can count. I, I live surrendered. I don't need nobody watching over me for me to be dedicated. I, 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 part of those guys met, the bishops met. They want to make sure I'm taken care of at the end of my life and all of that. that that's not a biblical construct. I understand what they mean. But if God doesn't take care of me, I mean, the way America sets up their systems of, of organizing, setting up a structure, I mean, not as America, but I, I served on the board of ECFA. The way we would, like, look at these organizations and see how they're structured, what's their board makeup like, uh, how do they, what their fundraising letters are like. Uh, are, nep are relatives running the administration of that organization. I, 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 know, I know that stuff. And, uh, but, and, and in some of the cases, I mean, guys may be listening to me from ECFA, but the truth of the matter is we were anti-against nepotism. And what they mean is crudal, critical positions, why would you have a relative in those positions? Because there's nobody that's going to go to heaven that's not a relative. That's why. What do you mean? Everybody that's going to get an assignment in heaven, God is their daddy. And the people we're called to disciple are the ones that he allows to be birthed in our home. They get a chance to not only get taught, they get the chance to be caught. They catch you and, they, and you teach them. They get both. And they should be qualified. Now, the, the, the privilege of a son, like, like this man's sons, and the fact that they still come back here want to be with their dad, love with their dad, embrace their dad's vision. That's amazement. Not everybody's son, sons and daughters are like that. In some cases, they're sent off. See, my wife, uh, there, there, there are some things about us. We haven't always gotten along in terms of everything. And partly it's because of this kind of stuff I'm talking to you about right now. It's like all, all in kind of stuff. The, the group I had around me was sort of like the group you got around you right now. And they, I never thought people would love me this way, that we could be that. We had structure, organization, evaluation, forecasting, projecting. I know that stuff. I'm old. I know that stuff. It doesn't mean only white. Most of the boards I've been on are white guys' boards. And they're not going to have no black dude on the board. Usually I'm the only one on the board if you're stupid. They're not going to do stupid, because when they ask you questions, you got to know what you're talking about. 
And there are real critical things that are out there in the world. So I know that. But when I look at Jesus, he didn't have any of that. What he was going to preach about next, you don't see two miracles the same. You don't see two healings the same. The, the, the disciples that he decided for, it, it wasn't consensus with those. No consensus. It's what I say. You do what I say. I'm not going to not do something because you don't see it. Wasn't like that. Paul, same way. He had a big argument with, with John Mark. He sent him away because John Mark wasn't serious enough for him until he grew up, grew up for years. Then he brought him back with him. See? So, so some of that stuff we set up in our systems, how you handle money. You don't know really how Paul handled his money. You don't know. Jesus and Judas, Judas Jesus let a thief be over his money. A thief. I, I know all that stuff. I don't understand all of that. Mm -mm. But for me, you don't get away with anything with God. If you misappropriate the money that God gives you and use it for the flesh or the devil, you might could get away with it with man, but not with God. And God is way more serious about it than, than a man could be. See, what he's trying to lead you to is private devotion. Living godly with nobody looking. But somebody is looking. The devil's looking. God the Father and the Godhead is looking. Angels are looking. The spirits of just men made perfect are looking. Demons are looking. You, you're not, that's Hebrews 12. You, you're not getting away with anything. Humans can't make you devout. He sent the Holy Ghost to make you devout. And you got to be led by God. And then until you get grown up spiritually, you need to be led by the fivefold ministry. You need somebody to help you out in this. If you, know, if you read the Bible every now and then, I was, I'm back there in the office with him a few minutes ago. He's going through tons of scriptures. He could take, look at that big, thick thing he got. He got a book in his Bible right now of all the scriptures he had printed out. Look at that. He could preach till tomorrow just on what he's got right there. He's in the word. But you know what he wants you to be in it. Not because you are the pastor, but because you are the fruit of a life given over to God. You can't be the people that read the Bible every now and then. You, you can't just pray every now and then. You, you, you're real. And you know, so again, so what I, I was thinking about this week is you, you, don't, you don't know God that well, Boone. You know, you know, here's what it is. I made the point before. The patriarchs, the sons of Jacob, knew about God. The disciples knew God. Know the difference? In other words, just because you read the Bible every day and you're under good teaching, that doesn't mean you're close to God. And you can't live off somebody else's closeness. Eventually, the goal of God, Jeremiah 31 says, you all shall know me. You, you got to pray until prayer becomes your reality. If you're not the house of prayer, if you're not praying every day, there's something about prayer to you that's counterfeit. It's like you're not making a connection. And what you got to understand is you got to pray until you get past the disconnect because you know, there is stuff in you that is resistant to God. Search me and know my heart. 
see if there be any unclean thing in me. That's what's going on in your prayer life when it doesn't seem like you can hear God. You're not going to be able to have a counterfeit Christian life and believe God. Like what, like what I'm talking to you about now about, I got COVID and probably most of you in the church got COVID. I got COVID. But my wife's situation for me was way more serious than COVID. And God to this moment hasn't told me what's going on with her. But I have no right to try to make God explain anything to me. What I should be pleading with God is for him to reveal to me how to be like him in the circumstance. In other words, if I was running the earth and I had the people of God, would I let what happened to my wife happen to my wife if I was in God's place? Now, probably many of you would say, well, no, I wouldn't let that happen. And if it did happen, why didn't, why don't, why didn't God you heal it right away? In my mind, I would heal it right away. I've long gone past that. What I would want to do as God is to make the exact same decision that God would make. I don't want to think that I'm, 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 I'm better in decision-making than God. Like, God, I would heal her. Well, the woman is going to die. I just had somebody just tell me the other day. It was just yesterday. A.D. Lenoir, he just did four funerals yesterday. None of them were COVID, but he did. He's the pastor around here. And he said, at least two of them, two years ago, he prayed for them. They had cancer. They got healed. But eventually, they died of something else. In other words, no matter how many people get healed, eventually, they're still going to die. But you and I got to grow to the place where we are not afraid for these bodies to give out on us. Because to be absent from the body is to be that now you got to cultivate that reality. To that extent, you got those masks on. I'm just telling you. And then they've lied to, this is where they're paying for it. The whole, there's scores of people, their children are affected by the judgment of God. I got a lot of stuff on it right here. I'm just giving you the summation of it. I see the time. I knew the time when I got up here. I got loads of stuff. I mean, I just gave you five chapters to read about Job. And now there is a circumstance that Job didn't know what was going on the whole time. Nor did his three friends. These are my friends. You accusing me of sin? When you don't have any critical thing to point to. You guys, you're close to me. You can't point out anything that validates what you're saying. You're making summary judgments without validation on me. That's what Job's three friends did. And then Job's defense of himself, now watch this, were also wrong. So when Elihu in chapter 38 started talking to them, this is what I want you to do. Circle every question. Elihu, in some translations, it means God himself. It's Job 38, Elihu, because his friends have already made their analysis of what was going on with Job. Righteous man. The Bible declares that. I mean, he was a good man. You should read Job 29. Now, this guy sat at the gates. He was one of the leaders in that, in that day and time. He was a contemporary of Abram. That's when he lived. There was no Bible. I, I'm still amazed at how did they know all the stuff about God? I'm talking about his three friends and Job without a Bible, without education. Wasn't written. 
this answer in, in Romans 1. He says, you can know there is a God by the things that are made. I mean, just think what, I mean, Adam was made in the image of God. He knew God. Listen to me, people. This is what's happening to you from the inside out. No book could have been written that would have been able to give Adam the information he needed to know God. It was the seed in Job, I mean, so, and excuse me, in Adam that allowed him to know God. That's exactly what's in you right now. The Bible itself says the letter kills. In other words, you can memorize. I know guys that memorize the whole Bible. Jack Van Impey did it, almost all of it. Bill Gothard did it, almost all of it. These are guys that you got to be old to know probably those guys. But they were really smart people. But the guys, they had stuff going on in their lives. How could you have memorized the whole Bible and you still do some of the stuff that you were accused of doing? Because information is not the same as transformation. Revelation is the gem that buys a generation. You got to be transformed into what the Bible means. And the explanation of the Bible to you is the life you're living. People tell me, you know, I, I, I bless people and do things for them like all the time. They say, wow, Bishop is a nice guy. And here I am, I'm over here before the Lord thinking, you know more about God than you know God, boom. My mama would probably say to me, and she's probably saying it in heaven now, you need to pray with a greater passion. Well, where is that prayer list you used to have? And all the people who you called out and their children, families. Well, I probably got mad at some of them because I prayed for them, got up like one of my, like Bishop knows that Bishop Bruce has a 7 p.m. But he, he said God told him for the whole year to pray every day at 7 p.m. at the church. Well, I was thinking, well, you need to make sure you heard from God. I didn't tell him. He's probably listening to me. You know, he's at church now, so he can't listen to me now. Church service started. I'm thinking, man, every day? Every, at the church? Why can't we Zoom it? Right? Why can't we get on a, a clubhouse line? Why, why do we have to come? See? Because gatherings in God, personally, is way more vital and important than gathering to these internet services. It's not the same. You know, lay hands on the sick there. You can't baptize there through the internet. You can't. Oh, there's a number of things that requires greet each other with a holy kiss. You know, ain't no kissing no screen. But we, this is, we, in other words, we change the Bible to accommodate our laziness, our convenience. Well, don't worry about it. In the next world, you're going to lose something. And he doesn't want you to lose anything. He's trying to get you to be like God. And look, and now I, I was thinking, man, I need to be real positive with you guys and tell you. No, I just need to tell you the truth. That's all I need to do. And if you're good ground, you'll hear it. And you'll be changed into it. And you're, gonna, you're ordained to represent God in the earth. Now, each of you can't represent all of God because you're not ordained to do all the work. You just have a part that God's ordained you to do, and that's important. There is no unimportant person in here except your disconnect with God. 
even with your disconnect with God, disconnected people is still pretty much running the earth. They're still running everything. I saw um, a, uh, what do you call it, a, a documentary on Mary J. Blige. Now, in my mind, I never heard one of her songs. Now, she's black. She's ghetto. And she was, like, crying on the documentary. And she was saying, you know, I have, these songs have been my solace. And uh, thank you for loving me. I love your love. I feel your love and all this. Girl. Ain't no song that you come up with and the response of the people enough of the love you need. You need the love that passes understanding that's not conditioned upon anything you've done. That love that God can give you is so transformed. And you know, it says she sold 50 million albums. So people, when she sings, she puts out the thing like this and people can sing along with her. And I mean, I know many Christians that, that can't sing hardly any Christian songs. And then they said she sold 50 million. And then another documentary was um, Bruno Mars. They said he's, he sold, and they gave his life thing, and he sold 130, 130 million albums. He said he's the new, he's the new prince, the new Michael Jackson. Like, look, they would hate me if I said, so what? You think they're big because they sold out because people like their music? The ability that they had was put on the altar that's defiled. That stuff doesn't take you to God. None of it takes you to God. And if it was principally correct, you don't know the person that ordained the principle. Your music is about you. You're never going to, God's gonna, not going to say to you, well done. And some of you probably still listen to that nonsense. With God, it's where everything comes from. Whether or not it authored in heaven or did it come from beneath. And when you look around at the world, I mean, you have people still afraid to mention the name of Jesus. But then you have these people like what I just mentioned. This guy writes a song about, uh, I'm talking about, um, what's his name? About heaven is closed to him or something. I don't know what it says. But it's one of his titles. It's one of, one of his songs that became number one. And then in his songs, he'll say things like hallelujah. See, these people know about God, but they're not afraid of him. I think there's a lot of Christians that way. They know about God, but they're not afraid of him. When you know how dangerous God is, you wouldn't be afraid of any, anybody or anything. Now, the next service is going to really get some scripture. So let me just do this, and I'll, I'll, I'll be done with it. Uh, first of all, thank you for praying for, for these. I, I'm reading Jeremiah 15. I will get to 38 for a minute. But then the Lord said to me, even if Moses and Samuel stood before me pleading for these people, it's, uh, it's, I'm reading Living Translation in Jeremiah 15.1, I wouldn't help them. Away with them. Get them out of my sight. And if they say to you, but where can we go? Tell them, this is what the Lord says. Those who are destined for death, to death. Those who are destined for war, to war. Those who are destined for famine, to famine. And those who are destined for captivity, to captivity. Now, Jeremiah was the one that brought the, the, the word that 
you know, they needed to surrender to Nebuchadnezzar and these people because your sin had gone past what God was allowing. You're going to have to come under some judgment, and in that judgment, you're going to be restored. I believe that's the case with America. I believe, I'm just going to say this, that I don't care how many prophets prophesy to you, things are going to get better. Things haven't even got bad yet. This is nothing. What we're going through is nothing close to Matthew 24 and Mark 13 and Luke 21. These are chapters where he talks about signs at the end of the age. We just got one disease, but there are going to be wars. There are rumors of wars going on now. It says it all in that. There is a remnant according to the measure of grace that is fully dedicated to God. In my view, I know you're not perfect, but I also believe this is a remnant church. I, I believe your pastor, he knows you guys. I, I, don't, I don't know very many pastors who will say to people what he, he says to people that come in there talking nonsense. He'll tell them right away, that's nonsense, and you need to get that straight, and this is why this has happened to you, because you don't serve God, you're not close to God. Now, what he discovered, though, and that's what I want to say, it's going out, and it's going to be out there, but each one of those guys that were in that meeting that were my sons had exactly the kind of families he has. All of them. They all got great wives. They got great children. The children are serving God. The children are academically strong. They're not need-based. They're on the solution side. Each one of them, they're just like him. But I know some that weren't close to me, and every one of them that didn't stay close to me, not only did their marriages messed up, in some cases they're divorced. I just had one call me. He was a pastor with me. Dean was pastored by him. His wife, who's over the Robert Woodson Foundation, Julia was pastored by him. I can tell you, I can name numbers of people. And he has been lost for 17 years. I said, he says, I said, how many times have you been in jail? He said, I said, he said, at least eight times. I said, how long is the longest you stayed? He said, well, nine months. See? But he says, God has finally got me back. He got me back. He says, I was lost. I tried to come back. I couldn't. God has to draw you. The Bible says that no man can come to the Father except he be drawn. For 17 years of his life, wasted in nonsense. And he doesn't know I know this, but his daughters don't even respect him because he left their mama. So he's got some restoration to do. And I told him, come, come see, with me, see me. Now, this is another benefit. Is my, my wife, I told him, he knows about my wife. He saw it on the internet. I said, come and spend a week with me. He needs a reconsecration. He needs to be around somebody that will soak him beyond the level of his debauchery and somebody who loves him. Not just going to criticize him for what he did, but just going to have him spend time in God. I just read this past week the, the, the biography of Bishop C.H. Mason. The church that we start, that we're going to next month, this is the founder. I've, I've mentioned this man to you guys before, but this, this, his ministry was birthed out of the spirit of holiness. 
the holiness and consecration and dedication, it seems like, like it's hard. But, you know, there's a kind of dedication to academic students that are not gifted. My daughter, my son Jason, my daughter will admit, is smarter than Nicole, the one I told you, started educational system. Jason's smarter than her. And, and because you can ask him about a series of different things, whether it's philosophy. Now, he'll never open his mouth and act like that. But you can ask him about philosophy, math, adjudication, governments, all this. He knows about some all of it. I mean, probably at a detail, you would, you'd be surprised. Nicole had to work hard for what she got. Jason was gifted with what he has. His judgment is going to be different than hers. Because he may not have used the ability that God's given him at the level that God could reward. Because it was gifting. It wasn't work. It was no effort put towards it. So now, he's working now, but he's suffering at the level of his laziness. Man, this is some good stuff. Jason, if you're hearing that, buddy, go ahead and get a hold of it. It's good stuff. So he's working hard now. He's working over here with me. Now, there are people who fuss. Are you going to let him work with you? Yeah. Yeah, he's made mistakes, but they're mistakes of irresponsibility. But now, I saw something in him now. So I won't go into that. But this guy, when he had his convocations, it was just like the convocations that Jesus asked Israel. Not that he was imitating the Old Testament. He was imitating the dedication of those people. His convocations were three weeks. All of his bishops have to fast Tuesdays and Fridays every week. This is non-optional if you're going to be, not just bishops, his, his pastors. His convocation is three weeks long, and he gets there the first three days they spend fasting and praying of the convocation. That's three weeks. And they have seen him, it's mentioned in here, they've seen him Pray for nine straight hours on his knees when he first get to the place, the location. Just on his knees, nine hours. See, the contemporary church isn't being taught. He does. He did this out of a, out of a dedication to God. He wanted models, amazing things. Half of the denominations that we know Pentecostal right now, he ordained their founders. This, this black guy, I'm talking about the white organizations. He ordained them. Because even when the Assembly of God broke away from Kojic, he was at their first meeting in 1914. He came there. And the, 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 one of the points he made, I knew this from the past, but is that, they, they, why did you leave me? You don't have to leave me. We can stay together over segregation in the South. So he says, I think it was in Arkansas where they had, I mean, and he said, I would not think of you starting an organization separate from me without my blessing. In other words, instead of going there and cursing them and saying, you leave me, the judgment of God is going to come upon you, you're not going to prosper. He said, no, if they feel they should leave me, it's not the unpardonable sin. Let me speak a blessing over them. And that's really what happened. Now, I participated, and some others, in the, in the repentance of the Southern Baptist Foundation and the Assemblies of God Foundation for 
their segregation practices. Now, the point isn't that they were racist. The point is they were unlike God. That's the point. That's the point I'm making about COVID. It's not that you're afraid of dying. It's just that you're not close enough to God to know that dying is going to happen. The scriptures that I have in my thing right here, the, the first pages you come, Peter, Peter and, and Timothy, both at the end of their lives, were addressing the same thing, and that was martyrdom. Both of them at the end of their lives knew they were about to get killed. Here's the point that Schofield makes out of that. They were filled with joy as they neared death. Why? Because they had already conquered death. Death is conquered as you live a devoted life to God. And there's nothing, no greater joy for you than to go to heaven. If you live out of what comes from heaven... Man should not live by bread alone, but everywhere we proceed out of the mouth of God. If you live out of that, there's no word from man, from a news service or a doctor or any of those that's going to precede that word from God. Now, here's what you got. Now, mark this. I was going to talk about judgment. I got to wait till the next service as I talk about some of that. But listen, you got to hear so much stuff that's going to put faith in you. Because so many, so many things have been said for two years about putting fear in you. The first person that's going to go in the lake of fire of hell is the fearful. Revelation 21.8. So God doesn't put fear, the feelings of fear, as fear. Fear is in the realm of decision. So he's saying you are not to be afraid. I didn't give you a spirit of fear. So what are you doing afraid? You listen to something that made you think differently than what God has spoken over your life. You, and then if you listen to what God has said, you've got to consecrate yourself over to it. I mean, I mean, I can tell you numbers of stories. You know, Paul bitten by a, a snake, poisonous snake. You know, on, on a cruise, look, I don't swim well. So look, so I don't like cruises. And my mama taught me that if the boat Ship uh, like sinks, or if you're in water, you need to be somewhere where you can get to the, what do you call it? The sideline, the side. Huh? Yeah, sure, but I mean, I, I'm, in other words, I'm not going in a pool or anything that is one, it's not going to be over my head, and two, I'm going to be able to walk to the sideline and get out of there. My mama put that fear in me. So I never learned how to swim that well. I don't float that well or nothing. But guess what? I, I know that Royal Caribbean has started the cruise ships back. But look, my wife is now in the hospital. She can't cruise with me. The only reason I cruise is because she liked them. Without her right now, man, get out of here. Listen, you got, women, where's the daughter at? You got a daughter that works in here. She'll probably be in the next service that works for Royal Caribbean on the cruise side. I got so many, what you call, points. I, I take a cruise, they're going to put me right away in a suite with a balcony. I don't care. 
I'm going on a cruise ship. Now, what is it? It says that you're not afraid of, you're not afraid of swimming or water, Bishop. You're afraid to die. So I had to defeat that and take my wife on every cruise she wanted to go on. And smile and say, oh, buddy, you happy? You happy? You loving this? <laughs> the winds blow. The ship is shaking like this. And man, she's feeling good. She said, let's go here. I said, where's the drama mean? I feel like I'm about to, you know, up chunk here. And she wants to go somewhere. Same thing with airplanes. My mama taught me, you know, low will I be with you always. She used that, like, not as... A word that's saying, I will be with you. She just said, you know, whatever. So I never would like to fly. I was scared to fly. Guess who's the two million miler? And on one airline, another million on another and all this. Because why? The summons of God. I had to fight my fears to champion my obedience. I would never have a wife that loves me the way she loves me if I didn't fight against my convenience and my choice of the fears of my life. And you are called, and you may not know everything that's going on in your life, but he's not joking about you being a champion. He is not encouraging you. You really are a champion. But you got to go there. And you go there by getting in a circumstance where in the natural, unless God comes through for you, you're not going to win. When the Bible says you walk by faith, not by sight, that means mentally, strategically, uh, visually, you don't know how this is going to change. But you are trusting that what God said is what's going to happen more than the circumstance. You got to cultivate that. Now, I'll lastly say, I mean, I, mean, I still think that um, there are a lot of people that have a lot of trouble with money. I don't respect it. There's nothing in the Bible that says respect money. Nothing. You respect God, the owner of the earth. Wealth is the ability. Look, God said, I'll give you the ability to create wealth. He's not talking about money. Wealth is the ability to be rich in any place God has put you. That's not talking about finances. Right now, you, have, you should have the wealth, the wisdom. At my age, 73, I, I'm going to, okay, so now this man, Henry Joseph, who is going to be my administrative bishop, he immediately knows where he's going to take me. So I'm going to leave from here. This is likely what's going to happen. I'm going to leave from here, and I'm going to be talking to executives and companies but I'm going to be talking to uh, uh, people in, let me just say, it's on the Internet. But right now, the president of the Intelligence Committee is somebody I, I've been advising when he was a mayor of our, of our Congress right now. I'm going to that. I'm talking to those people. Those people need me right now. Now, what I know is that even though I'm talking to you about being a champion, unless you agree with me, you might still live a mediocre life for the rest of your life. When you, when you hear something and you know, really, the, the devil is going to fight against it. Well, you're not a champion. Look why you failed at that. Look, that's how you become a champion. It's by you make decisions that didn't work. You do it again. 
and it didn't work, and you do it again, a righteous falls seven times and gets back up again. The devil is a liar. You got to fight again. Defeat. You're not going to be defeated. And there's a determination inside of you that came from heaven to win in every category. Your company won't promote you. Maybe it's because you ask God to give you a promotion. Maybe it's because you're supposed to own the company. You say, well, I don't have much money. So you already know what to say to go along with your defeat. But you haven't said. Now, I'm going to say my daughter probably is not listening to me right now. I'm going to say I'm, I'm, I'm exposing my family. She went to a leadership course just like last year for managerial training, you know, leadership things. That's what it, so the company sent her, and she's, um, anyway, she has a very significant position of so then when she went through that course, the man that trained the president of the company she works for right now trained the president and her. And that, that man said to my daughter, what are you doing here in this position? She says, what do you mean? She says, he said to her, that's how she knew it. I trained your, your president. He doesn't, he's not your level. What are you doing, a manager here? Yeah, you may have a staff of managers, supervisors under you and all that stuff like that, but you should be running the company. If she doesn't take that as a word from the Lord, now let me tell you what happened since she said that. Now she's got promoted. She's doing a vice president's position. They haven't even given her the designation of that. She's running all the campuses. She's the one that prepares the company for the audit for them to get their new money. That's not even her responsibility, but she's so smart at it that she's, oh, of course I'll do it. I, she loves to do it. She, she loves challenges. That's why the man said, you should be running the company. But she didn't accept that as the word of the Lord. Guess where she's at? At the level of what she's received. Not the level of her potential. She's already run companies. She's gone to nations. She's raised budgets. She knows how to do that. She can lead all those people. And some of them love her. You're training me. I love, can I be an intern with you? On and on, I could tell you. But she's not where she belongs. Because she hasn't received where God sees her. Now, I'm going to talk to you along that line in the next service. If you don't receive from God, listen, people, I, I really have come from the ghetto, ghetto and gutter. I'm telling you right now, I have been, the major leaders that have died out, older than me, my age and older, I've been with them. Not just sitting in no conference. I don't sit in no conferences. I, I'm just telling you, I can't name a file. I'm telling you this. But I haven't named, I can't name five conferences that I've just come in and sit down there and listen to somebody talk. I'm always one of the head speakers in them. Not because I'm ego tripping. It's just I don't have time to sit there and listen to people that you can say they don't fast. They're not in prayer. They're not living for God. They're not consecrated. I'm not going to sit there and listen to somebody because they're smart. That's not enough for me. You got to be consecrated. And many of you got to get that. To be a real leader, you got to be willing to stand alone. 
where nobody's there but you and God. For you to own the company. See? Now, what these, these young men, these attorneys now here, what they did is that when I came through here and your pastors told you, and I said, they should be the school president, they should be the class president, they should run the yearbook, they should, all of that. Well, that's preparing them for, not only right now, it's a precious when you just get out of school to become a law partner. That's precious. But in their thinking, you got to run it. You got to own it. Why? All of their background relates to that. But even though they know how to submit, you know how to give to that which is another man. He says, if you don't know how to give to that which is another man, how can God give you your own? That means you are headed for your own. And you are submitting and doing the right thing to get there. You own a company? I asked him, where's my interpreter? Um, Palmer, yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, Palmer, I asked him, and this one, he doesn't have to do it. But just because you're locked in your mind, oh, this is as far as this company can go, I got another son who has the registry for Antigua and St. Lucia. You can't get online without through his company. Now, and I said, well, is you, how big is your company? He says, well, it's a smaller line company. Now, he's a multi-millionaire from that. But I said, what are you going to do? Where are you going from there? He says, uh, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. Well, did you say I don't know when you got to where you are now? You didn't know to get there. But you bleed for something exceptional. When are you going to go to exceptionality in your faith? So for me, I'm going to say it right out. Unless God comes or unless he takes me, from your location right here, I'm going to shake the earth. I'm just telling you. And, and already I've proven to God I don't ego trip over stuff like that. I've already proven to him that advising government people, advising presidents of organizations. I got a tape I want to send to you, uh, Bishop, on me talking to Rick Joyner. You would never believe he said what he said on that tape. I've forgotten it. I did a, a message called How Whites Can Bring a Revolution to Blacks in America. And I did it at history. It was, don't worry about it. It's an hour and 45 minutes. It's one of my shorter messages. I just listened to it last week. When I finished, Rick apologized for the sins of America to me, to black America. And I spoke a blessing over Americans like Jesus died for people that never apologized to him. He died for the ungodly. And we got to learn that. So I spoke a blessing over white America. 1994. Reconciliation stuff they got going on here. They're kids to me and prove they're undeveloped in the things of God. We're going, God is letting us recycle stuff we should already be way over. Who's way over the racial stuff like that? Europe. Most of Europe. England. Because why? William Wilberforce dealt with racism and racial slavery. Read about it. He dealt with it. And, and it, England ended slavery through being pricked in their conscience. We ended slavery by having gone through a war. What happened to England happened because of Christ's bloodshed. What happened to America happened because of our own bloodshed. Our blood is not redemptive blood. 
So therefore, guess what? We've still got these same racial problems. Why? Because we never put Jesus at the center of our change. My Father, I thank you and bless you so much, though, for what you're doing in this country and what you're doing in this. I, I do believe it, and I, I've said it with everybody listening worldwide that would look at this broadcast. I am among champions, and, and, and this bishop here and his family, all are being raised up to lead something that's never been led, to do something that's never been done. And they already proved from him, he'll, he'll serve. I've seen him get things ready for things they're going to do in the future. He's moving chairs. He's helping bring the materials for putting up the, the video board. He, he's not beyond. I see Jules helping his, his younger brother, submitting to him. He's not saying, I'm a medical doctor. I got a lot of people under me. No, no. He submits to his younger brother, brings him coffee, makes sure he's taken care of. There is a spirit of submission here. There's a spirit of serving. There's a spirit of humility. So exaltation is right around the corner. And I speak the blessings over these here before it happens. I declare that even the judgment that's coming more and more, these are protected from it. These are the ones you're going to send to make the difference in a day where they are so needed. To God be the glory. Now I pray for the gift of repentance to every person under the sound of my voice, where they know they've been afraid, they've walked in fear, they haven't been available to God, and the pastor had to father them today and tell them about volunteering in a church while these are the children of God. This is, there's no assignment that could be so great here that would even challenge their ability that they have from God. So I would pray that he, pray that these busy bees now would be so full here of volunteer service where Jesus always pays his debt. You can't do something for Jesus and he not pay you. So, God, I thank you for them. To God be the glory. I also declare in advance for a new building. God, they're not emphasizing a new building. I know they're leasing this. They're, they're not ashamed of this. They're not. They're spending money to make this a great place right here. But, Lord, you have in advance the earth and land and property. The pagans cannot own all the property. We don't care if they say there's a shortage of land. Not the land for the use for the kingdom of God. There is a great facility, great amount of land, great amount of parking waiting for this church right here based on the dedication of this man of God. Now, amen. Did you know that, that, that Trump is going to tear down the Red River, the Red Course, and that he's going to build high-rises? there on, on that property and also buy the property across from him. He's going he's, he's to put out $2 million houses. It's already out that, that he's going to do it. Now, how is Trump going to try to do something over here in your, your this is your city and your state and, you know, don't worry, I'm going I'm to get to him in your behalf. Amen. Thank you, Bishop Boone, for that impartation. Uh, I want to tell you that a lot of the stuff that we're receiving here is not something that you are taught intellectually. It's you're caught spiritually. So just sitting in this atmosphere, 
causes there to be a wellspring of growth and, and, and goodness. We want to uh, announce that, um, and I apologize to Brandon. Brandon came up here during our song service. He says, Dad, don't forget to tell everyone that from 6.30 to 11 on Friday night, we're going to take care of the kids of those that are going to be at the marriage conference. So that's a good thing. And I want to remind you, uh, they're going to open up at 6, 630. Uh, you drop off your children here before you go to the marriage conference. And they're going to take care of your children from 630 to 11 for those that are participating at the marriage conference. Um, we, we, Pastor Richie, I don't know that the piano works. Could you check it out for me? Yeah, the piano. It might work. Um, absolutely. We used to, and Sister Angie, please help us. I know that early in the morning your voices, but help us with this song that we used to sing a while back that was called Lay Hold, Lay Hold Upon the Good Things of the Lord. What's that mean? That, that God is dispensing, I don't know where the microphones are. On that side? Phew. Okay, here they are. Um, we used to sing this song. It was lay hold, lay hold upon the good things of the Lord. This is Richie's favorite for me to make up stuff that he hasn't rehearsed. And we used to sing this song, but I, I really believe that God is dispensing opportunities. And if you let them go by, you, you, you miss them. So let's stand to our feet. And uh, this song is lay hold, lay hold upon the good things of the Lord. Um, and as we sing this song, even if you don't know the words, just stretch your, stretch your hands up to heaven and say, Lord, I want the things you have for me. I don't want the things that I see. I want the things you see. No eye has seen the things that God has prepared for those who love him. And we're always looking around and we're, uh, neck, uh, what's that called? We're just, just, we're just like looking around horizontally when what God has for you is coming from on high from him it's not coming from the east the north the west the south promotion comes from the Lord he puts one up and puts the other one down um, do we have the key yet lay hold lay hold upon the good things of the Lord raise up your hands lay hold lay hold upon the good things of the Lord be acceptable in the sight of the Lord. Lay hold, lay hold upon the good things of the Lord. Lay hold, lay hold upon the good things of the Lord. And let your conversations be acceptable in the sight of the Let me be a minister of thy love. Let me be an instrument of thy peace that the whole world could see.
the wisdom and the truth of God. Father, we give you thanks for this day. We declare that everything that has been spoken here would cause fruitfulness and increase. Father God, that we might look unto you. Father God, that which is good and acceptable, every good gift, every perfect gift comes from you, Lord. I pray your blessing upon the families of this church, Lord. I pray that our thoughts would be consumed with the passion to be pleasing to you, to do those things that honor you, do those things that are, that are well in your sight, oh God. Our conversation, the words of our mouth, the meditation of our heart be pleasing to you so that we might see your glory fill our lives. Father God, we not complain, we not murmur, we're not critical about darkness, Lord. We proclaim light, life, liberty, health, healing, oh God, in every direction, in Jesus' name. And the house of God says, amen, amen, and amen. Greet one another in the love of the Lord. We have a, a meeting at 12 noon here in Spanish, and Bishop Boone will continue to minister to the body of Christ. God bless you.